You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Hydration. I was just just joking with you. I drink so much water during the podcast. That definitely put it on my mind. That was like a a planned nuclear strike. You're just like, I drink a lot of water on the podcast. Three, two, one, go. I'm just like, oh, I should drink some water. Water's good. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals. We have officially hit the period of... Summer break, uh, you get the OTAs over, you get the voluntary workouts over, you get the mandatory mini camp over. Now we just wait until training camp. But in the meantime, thought it'd be really cool on Tuesdays if we did kind of a player profile. And by that, I mean, let's focus on players. Maybe a guy we don't talk about enough when it comes to what they look like as a player, what their outlook is for the upcoming season. And ask the people on Twitter and decided to go with Zach Carter. Because I feel like we don't really talk about Zach Carter. And I think when Zach was drafted a couple years ago, well, last draft, that a lot of people were wondering, hmm, is this going to work? What does this look like? And I know uh, Paul Daner actually talked to Zach Carter, and I want to say he put on 20 pounds of muscle this offseason. We'll see what that means when it comes to his body on the defensive side of the ball. But I wanted you to go back and watch some Zach Carter. Give us a little bit of a player profile going into the 2023 season. Yeah, um, 20 pounds of muscle. He was so undersized for a Bengals defensive tackle, 270 pounds. I remember I did, if you aren't following me on all Bengals, I looked at the thresholds for edge rushers, for defensive tackles, and what they normally like, what, you know, like what's a good number for a guy to have size, measurable, uh, testing, et cetera. And Zach Carter did set the bar for the lightest defensive tackle taken. And he was kind of light for a defensive end for them. Uh, He's 273 pounds, I believe, at the combine. And they usually go 300 plus. Even Geno was uh, near 300, like maybe just under, if you're thinking of smaller defensive tackles that the Bengals have drafted. And Carter's tall, so he's slimmed out for that. Uh, I think it's it's important to go back at this point – when you get like four or five years into a guy's career, you can kind of skip past the college stuff. That's why I kind of throw out the RAS number on Irv Smith. It's like, says he's a bad athlete. Well, he's a good athlete on the field, so I don't really care. Um, but I like to go back because I watched this guy in depth and check out what I said about Zach Carter. And a lot of it remains true. Uh, I, I don't think he's shown what I saw in terms of pass rush. At Florida, just statistically, he had – uh, what did he have five sacks his junior year? And he also had eight sacks his senior year. 
So you think, yeah, and he showed a little bit as a pass rusher. He had some moves he liked to use. He liked that long arm bull rush where you have one arm stabbing into the guy using his length. He's got over 33 inch arms. That's probably longer than the guard he's facing. And when you make your one arm, that's longer than two. So makes sense why he likes that. He also had a secondary move off of it. So I thought the upper body stuff seemed fine. I also liked him in the run game when he was using his upper body to steer blockers and just move guys the way they don't want to go. And he had a little bit of agility, some wiggle to him. But what you didn't see was a great anchor in the run game. And you didn't see a good first step, which to me, that's, to me, that's the most important thing a defensive lineman can have as a pass rusher is that first step, get off the ball. It's why Larry Ogunjobi is going to get contracts until he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> and he's a pretty good player. Like I liked him. I actually would have kept him over BJ Hill because of this, um, but maybe egg on my face a little bit. Uh, I think they're still playing a little similar level. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, doesn't have the nice anchor and he's inconsistent with his hand placement. Not great when your main move is to hit a guy perfectly in the middle of his chest to drive him backwards. So when you aim that and you miss high, it's easy. It just falls off. You aim low. It just gets knocked down. And all of that kind of showed up on film in the NFL level and the NFL is faster. So his first step in college wasn't that great at the NFL. It's, it's not good and it's Okay could maybe get better or he could get bigger, which is what he did. And then maybe you're playing the BJ Hill type rather than trying to be a guy that can fly off the ball and get a bunch of sacks. So that's kind of what I see on film is the same upper body is strong. Lower body needs a little bit of work. He put on some weight, probably good weight. I would think he was probably never going to step into the league and be a four or five sack guy at defensive tackle, which would be pretty good. Um, not elite, but pretty good. And he was a thir late third round pick for a reason in a draft that I think wasn't very good at defensive tackle. Now, I don't think he's doomed. I think he put on that weight. He could become a better run stopper. I like his upper body when stopping the run. Like I've mentioned a lot with him is it's lower body. I'm not in love with, but the upper body I do like a lot uh, other than the hand placement. So on film, that's what I see. There are a lot of statistics probably to dive into as well, but I wanted to get your feelings about him yourself too. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would say too much definitively on his career. I think you could fairly say he wasn't an impressive rookie, um, half a sack, not much production. I believe Pro Football Reference has him for two pressures on the season, which is less than every 100 snaps he played 350 plus snaps this year so what are your thoughts quick on zach carter before i go into more yeah with zach carter you know it's it's just so hard to tell because i do feel like it was a disappointing rookie year for him um you know could that change in year two and i do think you know the dedication of putting on 20 pounds for muscle is huge when it comes to the competition and realizing hey i have to get bigger and uh, being able to do that, we'll see if that makes a difference, what his impact will be. You know, before you get into more of the player profile, let me ask you, what, what do you think would be a successful season this year for Zach Carter? Oh, um, great question. I My first thought is definitely secure your spot on the team next year. <laughs> that would be the first successful season is like, oh, we know who are at least at worst you're the rotational three tech or 
I guess a really successful season is to know next year he's your starter. He's a starter at three tech and the Bengals like to play two, three techs or a five tech three to five somewhere in there. And that, that's one thing Zach Carter does well is he is pretty versatile to be able to kick further out than like a BJ Hill normally can and keep some of his play level the same. So he can kick out the five tech even a little bit further if you need him to. Although I think they've always wanted him at three technique, which is right outside the guard. And that's probably also why he's putting on weight so he can play that position um, and alignment. Yeah. I, I think a successful season, I'm not even going to think statistically, but well, I guess if I'm not thinking statistically, it's what I said. It's that he's a role player or a starter for sure next year, um, which would be better than he played this year, which I, I think you should expect too. I think you should expect him to be better this year uh, than he was last year. That's that's the point of drafting these guys in the late third is they're not going to be you know, great right away, but they're hopefully able to develop into something. I think statistically, if you want to throw something out there, he forces at least 500 snaps, uh, so he can spell BJ Hill, DJ Reader a little bit, and DJ is not going to play three tech. But on passing downs, maybe you could pull DJ off the field and let him rest, and have Zach Carter, BJ Hill, or some type of fun uh, Sam Hubbard, Miles Murphy, whatever on the inside, and he's able to take some of those snaps as well. So I think that's statistically, you know, the 500 snaps and I, I don't know, three sacks, I think would be a pretty successful uh, campaign. It doesn't seem high, but when you're talking about defensive tackles, they, they don't average 10 sacks, like good defensive tackles, not elite, like Gino could get 10 plus mm-hmm. whatever, but you know, a good three, a good three technique is probably averaging six, seven sacks. You think of what Larry Ogunjobi did. It felt like a ton of sacks and it was, uh, but I'm going to get that right. So I'm going to look it up real quick, but that's why I'm, that, that's what I would think is a successful season for Zach Carter, just because he didn't show a ton this year, but I think there's room for him to grow and show some improvement. Joby got seven sacks his last season with the Bengals, one sack, one and a half sacks last year. I mean, if you can get the, Larry Ogunjobi was getting five and a half. Uh, you got that twice in Cleveland. Defensive tackle sacks also, by the way, not consistent. Um, you got guys, and I think Ogunjobi's career is a good one to look at because it's one and a half, five and a half, five and a half, one and a half, seven, one and a half. It's like, yeah, he's getting sacks sometimes, but defensive tackles are just so reliant on – you know, luck. And this is why sometimes you look at things like pressure and quarterback hits, which are a little bit more sustainable. Although Ogunjobi also averages pretty low quarterback hit numbers in the years that he had one and two and a half sacks. He did get 11 quarterback hits last year and he only had 16 in 2021. So one and a half sacks, but not that many less quarterback hits one and a half compared to seven when it comes to pressures he's been pretty consistent there too i mean pushing 20 so I, i'm not looking at larry even as a comparison but i think that's a good template for what you should expect out of defensive tackles just because as pass rushers it's more variable than as edge rushers 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point about, you know, making the roster. And you're talking about, I mean, it would be a total shock if he didn't make this year's roster, right? Right, yeah, he's going to make the year roster. that You don't cut a guy in year two, but year three, I think that's when the question comes. Because when you, I wouldn't cut him, but people are talking about Cam Sample that way. And I think Cam Sample played better than Zach Carter did. So if he's not a lock to make the team, then you have to be, pretty good in year three. And that might depend on, do they draft a defensive tackle with their first round pick next year, which is kind of, I think some of the reasoning behind maybe cam sample gets knocked off. If it's me, I'm keeping cam sample over, I don't know, Terrell Basham or J Tufele or all these other guys that are possibly even Josh Tupo. Um, and those, some of those guys are interior guys, but still I'm keeping him on the team because he can moonlight a little inside He's kind of the opposite, Zach Carter. Zach Carter is three technique and he moonlights outside, and Cam Sample is outside and he moonlights inside sometimes. You talk about getting to the quarterback, and when you said three sacks, I was I'd be impressed if he was able to get three sacks. Okay. I would say that's well, I think some people have it in their mind. It's like, ah, six, seven sacks. It's like that's that's good. That's really good. Well, the thing that they struggled with, and this defense is legit. We've talked about it over the last two years. I even brought it up in, in a podcast this offseason. Do we feel like the defense outperformed the offense at times? Just with the way they played the majority of the season. You could say in the postseason is a good example, but they need to get to the quarterback. I want to see them put the pressure on getting to the quarterback, and that's going to help your, help your young secondary, to be completely honest. If you can get that pressure on the opposing quarterback, and, and maybe Zach Carter shines and I don't know. We'll see if, if the muscle makes a huge difference for him. Uh, but you do feel like when the Bengals drafted him, the the previous draft, that he was undersized. Yeah, yeah, especially for what they normally like. But I want to get to one more point, and it's just that he started off much slower than he finished. I think he flashed a bit in both Baltimore games, the season ender and the playoff uh, wild card round. Against the Bills, not so much, and not so much against the Chiefs, but – it matched up with the film. I, I know Joe Goodberry, friend of the show, everybody is, uh, posted his PFF numbers. And the first ones are all red. They're all like under 40. But then there's still those that are like 40, 35 in the second half. And I'm not huge in just using the PFF numbers. But I do think as a generality, this could indicate something for him. There were 65s and 70s you know, in there. It's just like he started to flash. And I think those are the games that he flashed because he doesn't play enough snaps for – you know, it's a really one big play from him is probably going to boost those numbers. And I don't want to get into PFF grading and how that works, but I think it matched up with the film. I think when you saw the film, it looked like the game might've slowed down a little bit for him. I'm not going to say a ton, but I think it slowed down a little bit where he's able to read the blocks. He's able to read his keys. He can read run pass. He can read what runs coming. Is it zone away from me? Zone to me, power trap, all these other things coming my way. How do I defeat those blocks early on? It felt like he had no feel for it, but later if it, it sound, it seemed like he had a feel for it 
And that matches up with the numbers Joe Goodberry posted. So if you're trying to build up the case for him, it's that he's putting on weight, uh, which I mean, it's off season. It's off season. Everybody is in the best shape of their lives. They're putting on weight, losing weight, whatever they need to do. So, but you believe it. So he puts on weight. He got better in the second half of the year. The game's slowing down a little bit for him. You just think all that muscle in the intelligence is building up, the recognition, the feel, everything like that. And now you can start building the case, especially as maybe a run stopper, that he could be better next year and maybe solidify himself onto the team. Um, as a pass rusher, to me, I I would like to see the first step improve. And I don't know how much that can improve other than just timing the snap count, getting keys on the snap count a little bit. Um, I know not everybody – I think at the NFL level, a lot of those guys don't watch the ball anymore. They watch the man across from them. And uh, that's also why some offensive linemen will, uh, on a false one, just kind of like move their foot a little bit. Not, not like pick it up, move it, anything egregious, but just like turn the ankle. Just see if you can get a guy to jump off sides in that situation. Or just like kind of sit back in their stance, which is allowed. As long as you don't pick up the foot or move it in any way that really indicates that you're coming. Or maybe just like open, close the hand, just give some type of flash to the defensive lineman. Uh, but they watch those guys. They watch like the knee and um, to get for their get off. And maybe that's how you can build the better first step is he can better anticipate it. That's something that, you know, Mike Hilton does extremely well, anticipate snap counts. So does Trey Hendrickson. And um, if he can anticipate snap counts, if he can jump it that way, I'm not asking him to just straight jump snaps and just guess all the time because that's how you get penalties and that won't help you. But if he can build up a better snap anticipation and get off that way, rather than through explosion, because I, I just, I don't know how much better can your explosion get, especially if you're going to put on weight, because that's putting on weight usually means you're a little bit slower, which is fine because his defensive tackle, the get off is for pass rushing. But if he's going to be a heck of a run defender, he's going to be the, if he could be the, the BJ Hill down the road replacement that would come with putting on weight. So that makes sense. So all those things could add to a, a better season for him next year. Um, I would be – I don't think I'm pessimistic, but I also don't think I'm really optimistic about his outlook for next year. I'm very middle of the road. I, I, I think he has to play a role because this team is pretty shallow at defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you should expect – I think you should expect better than last year. But how much better would be the question. And is he going to provide – some plus value in either the run or the pass defense that you can point to as to that's why we're going to keep him next year. So that's what I would look at is some, he's going to give you something. This would be a successful year. He gives you something that you point at and you go like, that's why he's staying on the team next year. He's cheap and he gives us plus value in whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with Zach Carter on the Bengals roster in this season. Uh, yeah, going to be there next year, but we'll see the following season for Zach Carter. Player profiles will continue every Tuesday. We'll do another one. You can do the Jamar Chases, the T against the Joe Burrow, but it's kind of fun to do guys on the back end or in the middle of the roster too. So that's what we're going to really focus on early. But we'll get to more on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati next.